and welcome to All Things Botanical, a podcast for those who want to forge a deeper connection with nature. I am your host, Michaela Morgan, and on today's episode, we'll be doing an industry deep dive, finding out what it's like to be a naturopath. We will be chatting to Sarah Patterson, bachelor qualified naturopath and owner of the Woodside Apothecary. Naturopathy is a holistic approach to health using a variety of alternative health modalities, including herbal medicine, to identify the root cause of illness and help the body return to balance naturally. Join me as we chat all things botanical. So thanks for joining us today, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about when you decided you wanted to become a naturopath. So I think it was back in 2019. Um, I've been working in a lot of pharmacies from when I was since leaving high school and just seeing a lot of, you know, patients coming back in again and again for their same medications and just not getting, you know, any better. Mm -hmm. And I'd also started doing a nursing degree at that time. Um, I didn't like the whole philosophy behind sort of the conventional medicine side of things in terms of just only being able to identify a disease state and treat from there rather than really looking at health as a whole you know holistic perspective Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay and so how did you find out about your course yeah so I was doing a nursing degree I think I only did maybe a semester or two of that and then I actually switched into psychology and did a year of um, a Bachelor of Psych and just in both instances had the same sort of feeling of not being able to really treat before it got, you know, to that end kind of stage of, okay, you have this specific thing, then you get this specific medicine for that. Um, So, yeah, and I had been seeing a naturopath in high school just because I was quite burnt out and I also ended up with anemia. So I knew what naturopathy was and just didn't really click to actually do that myself. But yeah, so after a year and a half of trying those things, then I switched into naturopathy. Yeah, nice. And you obviously loved it from then on in. Yeah, it's been amazing. And so how did you enjoy your course? So what can people expect if they wanted to study a bachelor for naturopathy? Yes, it's called a Bachelor of Health Science and then the major is in naturopathy. So I went to Endeavour College of Natural Health and it starts out very science-based. Like I think a lot of people didn't expect it to be so scientific, (laughs) I guess, because you just think, Mm -hmm. oh no, you're going to be learning about plants or um, making fun things. But I started um, doing a chemistry, we start with chemistry, biology, anatomy um, and all those really foundational classes to learn you know about even how the molecules in your body are working and what's going on there at the cellular level so it starts very very scientific and then it it does get more in-depth science-wise from there on yeah nice and so was it like a mix of theory and prac like how did you find the course like what areas did you really like So the first year, I think the start was a lot of theory. And then the second half, we started doing prax. um, I think it was called herbal manufacturing. Mm -hmm. 
And so you get to actually start playing around with herbs and making little things. We learn how to make, you know, like a tincture and how to make a little cream and a balm and those sorts of things. So Fun. you do get a mix of both the hands-on and obviously all the the theory side of things and learning about the actual herbs and their constituents and what they do in the body and how they all work. Yeah, cool. And so what was your favourite part about the course? Definitely learning all the herbs. They're just so interesting. And I just didn't, I mean, I'm someone that grew up with on like on property and so eating, you know, vegetables and stuff that we'd grown. But I just didn't really know anything about medicinal plants and how they can be used. And like the most common ones that you find, like a dandelion, that you just think, oh, it's a little a little weed just growing in the cracks but it's a medicinal herb that we use all the time and it's so I know it's just so strange to think (laughs) I know it's so interesting and like this is sort of why I ended up making this podcast because I was thinking about how disconnected we are from what we know about plants like you said you could just walk straight past that and you'd have no idea what benefits it could have because we just go straight to a pharmacy so yeah that's interesting that you say that so guess while we're talking about pharmaceuticals and that you mentioned you worked in a pharmacy for one year in high school, like what do you think the main differences are between herbal medicine and pharmaceuticals? I'd say one of the main things is herbal medicine is more of a, a functional style of treatment. So we're not looking at, for example, a specific exact condition or set of symptoms, but more looking at actually getting the body back into balance Mm -hmm. Um, and it's through the most gentle way that we kind of can so that's one of the main differences and there's obviously going to be you know there can be uh, adverse effects or different reactions but it's usually a lot less than the pharmaceutical medications in terms of that side of things yeah so how do naturopaths work with plants when they're treating clients so as an Australian naturopath, we have all of our herbs kind of already pre-made up for us. So um, there's brands like MediHerb or the Herbal Extract Company, and they will mm-hmm. source or and or grow the herbs for us. And then they'll make them into the tinctures and we buy the tinctures already made up. So we have in our little dispensaries an array of all of these herbs that we can use Um And then depending on what you've come in for, we would make you up a very specific, like bespoke little tincture. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we might use the herbs for more symptomatic relief when it comes to anxiety, you know, in replacement of or instead of something like a benzodiazepine. Pharmaceutical drug, you can use different herbs so that you wouldn't have those you know, um, long-term need and all the adverse effects that come with those sorts of drugs. So they can be used symptomatically, but we do try to mainly work on treating the root cause of those sorts of things with our herbs. Yeah, definitely. And so is that is that grounded in the philosophy of naturopathy, like finding the root cause? Yeah, definitely. And I think there are, you know, different kinds of naturopaths, and especially now there's more and more kind of realms of holistic health coming in you know we see the functional medicine practitioners and I think there's like a lifestyle doctor now um, and an Australian naturopath is different to a naturopathic doctor like over in America and then there's the herbalists 
and there's an array of things. But here in Australia, what we are taught is the concept of vitalism. And so that the body has a vital force. So similar to say in Ayurveda, mm-hmm. where we have the prana and in Chinese medicine, where you have your chi, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, just like the little force inside you that essentially brings you back into health. So, you know, when you have a cut on your hand and you just leave it and don't do anything that will heal itself. It's just essentially believing yes. in that mechanism. And then the the herbs and all of the treatments that we use is just like helping gently to push the body to be able to do that on its own. Because under the right circumstances, okay. it would be able to heal itself. Yeah, so it's very grounded in philosophy. Okay, that's really interesting. But it makes a lot of sense though. I mean, you know, it's only been recently that we've been turning to pharmaceuticals. Like it was always herbal medicine and always enabling the body to heal itself. You know, I'm glad we're not doing any like purging or blood thinning or whatever they used to do bloodletting (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) and I mean yeah like naturopathy isn't um you know we're not exclusive and we're not a system that's totally separate from the conventional medicine system so I think it's really important that we you know do use both sorts of things but the naturopathy is more for when you are functionally not quite right or you maybe you've been to the doctor several times and they just say there's nothing wrong with you because on their tests their tests are there to say whether do you have this yes or no and that's it mm-hmm. and that's fine that's good because we need to be able to rule those things out but naturopathy mm-hmm. can go oh this is probably suboptimal or this could be adjusted a little bit so we get down to like the nitty-gritty parts and getting you back to feeling good yeah, even when nice. there's technically not yeah Okay, so nothing's coming up on like a, you know, a data sheet. Like we can't necessarily see it from a black and white perspective. But when we get into that gray area, there are little signs and signals that you guys can see. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And And so how do you work with um, other health professionals? So I guess it depends on the naturopath and whether they have a relationship with them or not. Um, and, and if you go to a clinic that is what we call multimodality, so there might be lots of different types of practitioners in the clinic, but essentially we're all just referring you to whatever part we think you need that help in. Obviously, as a naturopath, we no longer do what you know what you would call like body manipulation. Mm-hmm. So the naturopathy and osteopathy used to be joined together. Oh, okay. Like they were the, they were in the one thing, yeah. Um, but then they separated. So obviously we don't do any of those sorts of things anymore. So I'd refer you on to an osteopath if you had, say, you come in with a sore shoulder. I can't really do a whole lot for that mm-hmm. yeah. apart from giving you maybe some pain relief. But, yeah. Okay. So how would you define a day in the life as a naturopath? Like what sort of things would you do when you're dealing with clients? So I've just opened up my own little clinic. So I haven't seen too many myself just yet but I have done a lot of time in the student clinic at our university so the uni has its own kind of internship I guess you'd call it program um, where you see clients at the uni so you would do things like obviously taking your client's case and then um, coming up with kind of a treatment plan for them which in the real life can take quite a lot of time like you're looking into 
really the root cause of what's going on rather than just like, oh, this symptom, we can give this herb. It's really looking at the underlying cause of what's happening in the body and why they are in that state that they're in right now. Um, So, yeah, a lot of research happens Mm -hmm. looking at um, journal articles and that sort of thing um, just to make sure that you're up to date with everything that's coming out as well. Um, And then, yeah, coming up with a treatment plan for them that would include a diet section. So we go through the client's diet and, um, yeah, just see any changes that we can make, how to optimise that and obviously include things that's going to be specific for what they've come in with. Um, You know, sometimes it is an eliminatory Mm -hmm. kind of diet depending on what's going on. Um, And then we have a lifestyle section that we prescribe them as well. Um, So it's very Mm -hmm. holistic and centered to the client so we'd you know be prescribing exercise that's for the client um, and where they're currently at you know if they're in a chronic state and they're not doing any exercise obviously we're not going to be telling them to go run 5k's or something like that it's very um, (laughs) it's very specific to the client so it takes like a lot more thought than say your your 5-10 minute consult um And then obviously coming up if whether they need a herbal prescription or a nutraceutical prescription, coming up with that and formulating it. And, yeah, then you go get to mix up your little herbs, which is fun. Yeah, right. So it sounds like you need to be able to develop a bit of a relationship with your client and check back in on them. It's not definitely not a quick fix. Yeah, definitely. And having that rapport with your client is, I think, very important for this kind of work. Yeah. And so like, do, do things date back quite far that can affect your health today? So you might be having symptoms of, you know, X scenario, but it's actually coming from something that's happened in the past or a buildup of something that you haven't dealt with or you weren't aware of. I mean, yeah, for sure. And obviously depending on what it is, but there's lots of things like that, even with your diet, if you've been eating a terrible diet for your whole life, then one of the things that we often see affected is our gut um, and the state of that, whether it's your actual, the lining, the cells in the wall, what we call a leaky gut Mm. that can happen where they kind of break apart a little bit. That's something we often see in people that have had bad diets or drinking lots of alcohol, taking lots of um, medications. Um, Yeah. And I mean, even things like your endocrine disruptors that a lot of people aren't even aware of, you know, being in your products, especially when it's a skincare product or makeup or something that you use every day. Of course, that can build up. And, you know, if people don't have livers that perhaps are working optimally as well because of even more lifestyle things, then, yeah, it just becomes this whole cycle of, yeah, built up built up things that are causing issues. And, you know, it might not be technically a – it's not technically a disease or a condition, but functionally you're not – you know, you're not where you could optimally be for your health. Yeah, definitely. And it may be having a bit of a chain reaction with other things as well. That's so interesting. Are there any myths or misconceptions about naturopathy and natural medicine that you wish people uh, were more aware of? Hmm, I guess a lot of people still think it's very, very on the woo side. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I remember when I was working and I said that I was studying to be a naturopath at the pharmacy someone said oh so I don't know if I should say this they said oh so you're gonna be a quack 
And I was like, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the main misconception, <laughs> I guess, yeah, people just think it's not real medicine or it's just not like based in any science or anything. But it actually is like the amount of science that I've had to do in my degree and the amount of research that I read every week. It's a lot. Um, so the way that we actually look at the body and how everything works is the exact same way that a, that a doctor would. So that side of things is all extremely scientific. The only way that's not really super science-based is kind of how our herbs work, even though a lot more research has been done now it's very hard to actually research a herb in the way that we use them because we use them very holistically. So we use a whole plant that's mm. been macerated and made into a little tincture for you. But when you're doing, you know, a scientific study, you have to look at one constituent and what its effect is okay. on one cell kind of thing. So it's very, the actual process of doing that research is very reductionist where that's not actually how we use the herbs and the constituents that are all in there as well as the ones that aren't even active actually all work together and that's what kind of produces the effect within the body. So you can look at something like hypericum where they originally thought that one constituent, which I think was hypericin, was its main antidepressant action. But then they did another study where they excluded that constituent and then it it still had the same effect. So it's okay. not it's not necessarily one constituent within the plant. So that's why it's very hard to say from a very, like, you know, a scientific level looking at, at studies and that kind of research. It's hard to say from that side of things. But in terms of, you know, when I'm looking at you come to me with endometriosis or whatever, I'm up to date on all the latest research on that condition itself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that does make sense. And so when you, they're doing a scientific analysis, are they isolating constituents from the whole plant and just looking at them individually? Is that what you were saying? Like because yeah, pretty I think much. I was reading that at some point it's actually like the synergistic relationship mm. between all of the constituents that gives the effect. So taking it out can make it a little bit more more likely to have adverse effects. Is that true? Potentially, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like if you take one little mineral or vitamin out of a food that you're eating when it's only that one tiny little component and you're giving it at a therapeutic dose, obviously there's going to be potentially adverse effects compared to, say, if it's, you know, your vitamin C or if you're just eating an orange. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Mm, good to know. Yeah, so another misconception I think a lot of people have is that naturopathy, you know, you can't really see a naturopath and a normal doctor at the same time. But I think that it's important that we do see both and kind of try to make it a bit more integrative in the way that we approach our health. Because, you know, even though your GP might not pick up on the things that we can, it's really important that you do actually get screened for all those things that they are checking. Mm. So, you know, if you're if you do have, if you have period pain that you're coming in for and you haven't first had all those checks that you have to get done, like your internal ultrasounds and, you know, even a, even a laparoscopy <laughs> potentially for, say, endometriosis, if you haven't had those done, I'm going to have to send you back to your GP to get those things done anyway. 
So it's important okay, that we yeah. you know, do work together. And it's then if they say, no, you don't have these specific kind of things, then we can look at what else might be going on because I might be able to pick up, oh, you have this hormone imbalance. We can fix that with this herb or these nutrients or sort your diet out in some sort of way to fix that little thing that's going on that's causing the issue. Yeah, definitely. No, that's a really good point. And like, so for example, say you mentioned that you treat a lot of people for um, anxiety and stress and that kind of thing. So how can you use herbs or how can a naturopath help in mitigating those sorts of things? Yeah, so I guess it depends if they're already on medication for that um, and whether the person wants to continue that conventional medication or whether they'd prefer to come onto herbs. You know, we're going to be working closely with the GP then in that case to start lowering their doses and increasing our herb doses to swap those things out. So that's really, you know, you need to have a good partnership with the GP there. But yeah, aside from that, if they're not on anything, then we can do a lot with the diet because that plays a huge, huge role. You know, if the person's not eating enough protein, if they're not getting enough fats in, if they're just having five coffees for their day, <laughs> that can be a huge, huge factor in whether or not they're getting anxiety and how frequently that's all happening. Um, so we can yeah, do a lot okay. with the diet, a lot with the lifestyle and yeah, can give herbs for symptomatic relief if they need that as well. Oh, good to know. And so do you think um, that there'll be a bit of a shift in the coming years to people turning to, to more herbal medicine or working with a naturopath in conjunction with their other treatments? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we are seeing a bit more holistic approaches, even from the doctors nowadays. I know my doctor, he's really good at, you know, making sure that I'm doing all of the things that I need to be doing lifestyle and diet wise. So they're already turning to a bit more of a holistic approach. But for them, their scope, they've only got their 10 minutes that they can yeah, see exactly. you in. So it's really, it's not their role to make sure that you're doing those things because they don't have time. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, we need all of the practitioners though to be working together to make sure that the patient's getting what they need. Yeah, definitely. And so how would you say that we could use plant medicine to help us live a better life? Mm, I like that <laughs> question. <laughs> I think if you're someone new to plant medicines and things, just including them, you probably actually already do include them in your daily life, but maybe just making it a bit more conscious or researching maybe even the plants around you. But, you know, like if you're including herbs in your cooking, like spices and herbs in your cooking, maybe just look them up and have a little look at their constituents or where they come from originally or, yeah, what they do medicinally because, yeah, all of them really that we cook with are actually medicinal plants. Like what you do, what you were doing the other day when you went foraging and to have a look at all the yeah. little Australian, yeah, like people can do that. It's so fun as well to go and find plants and be like, oh, I could eat this. <laughs> I know. And it's so, it's actually really um, meditative. It just really gets you into a space where you can relax and you're focused and you're really in the present moment. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so you've finished your degree and you've started your own business called the Woodside Apothecary. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I've opened up a, a clinic at my house 
as you said, the Woodside Apothecary. So we're currently actually renovating the house, but it will be open for face-to-face people. Um, But yeah, at the minute, we're just doing online consultations via telehealth. Amazing. And so did you decide to specialize in any kind of areas? Like when you were seeing people at the clinic, did you see regular things popping up and you decided to go down a specific route? Um, I do see a lot of kind of anxiety and stress related conditions and things like that, as well as women's health. But I haven't specialized in terms of doing further study just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm thinking about starting an acupuncture course next year. Awesome. I will definitely (laughs) be a body if you need to train. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And so you've also started a creative design studio with your sister. So do you want to tell us a little bit how you got into that and how you're combining, you know, your creative side with your naturopathy degree? Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I've always just liked taking photos and creating things and kind of was using Instagram as a bit of a creative outlet while I was studying such a heavy science-based degree yeah Um, so yeah I just started posting my own photos and things and then was kind of creating content for other brands just for free um and then yeah eventually I was just like oh I could probably actually do this for work (laughs) Um, and so yeah just yeah started doing that and now we kind of focus in on other health professionals just because I know specifically the kind of content that they need for their social medias and their website um and yeah we make little stickers and things for their tinctures so yeah it's really fun yeah lovely and so if people wanted to reach out and use your services um where can they find you so we're on instagram as e and s design studio um and then our email is emma sarah design studio at gmail.com amazing oh how good I've definitely seen some of the work that you've produced and it's gorgeous. So if anyone has a health-related oh, business, <laughs> should look them up. <laughs> I ask everybody this, but what mm-hmm. is your favourite plant? Favourite plant? Well, I do still love lavender. I think I don't have so many lavenders. I think it's probably my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so beautiful. It's just such, yeah, it's such a good plant. It is lovely. It just smells amazing. I've been putting it in a lot of my teas at the moment and I just feel like it just adds, yeah, it just adds that little bit of flavour. That's It's so good in a tea. I know so many people don't like it, but I love it in a tea. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm the same. Okay. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, Sarah, and yeah, we're wishing you all the best on your journey with your new business and hopefully you'll be able to see a few more people in the next few weeks and just kind of snowball from there. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really enjoying the All Things Botanical podcast. And <laughs> yeah, I hope that I hope it does really well because it's such an such a lovely idea to be able to connect people back to the plant. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our chat with Sarah and learning a little bit more about what it's like to be a naturopath and how we can use herbal medicine to improve our health. You can find Sarah on Instagram under The Woodside Apothecary and can book an appointment via her website at thewoodsideapothecary.com.
next fortnight we will continue our plant profile series where I put a spotlight on a favorite herb or essential oil and teach you the botanical name, plant family, therapeutic uses and benefits, as well as some interesting history so you can bring more botanicals back into your life. See you next time.